Hello and welcome to Audio Biography, the podcast where we talk about the music that changed our lives and yours, which today means we're going to be remembering Eddie Van Halen. Uh, I'm your host, Richie Wagner, and with me is my co-host, Clint Robinette. What's up, Clint? Hey, Rich. Yeah, and we've got uh, we've got our favorite third here, uh, like, and it's his third time on the podcast. Hey, three for three. Yeah. Man. Are you the third wheel or the kickstand? <laughs> it's Ernie done, folks. <laughs> it's Ernie the kickstand done. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. Thank you, Clint. Oh, let's let's lighten it up a little bit because we're it, getting ready to be heavy. It is good. It is. Yeah, it is good to start with a little lightheartedness because um, as the whole world knows by now, yesterday we heard about the passing of Eddie Van Halen um, from throat cancer, uh, a cancer he'd had for a while and had beat and came back. And um, I remember about a week or two ago, um, I guess it was Wolfie posted um Eddie had gotten on Snapchat and used a filter. And even with the filter on him, I was like, oh, Eddie does not look very good. Um, but I had no idea that nobody did. They, they really kept a lid on it because it was a complete and total shock. Uh, I was at work and been working long hours. And it was, um, it was a tough thing to uh, actually, Ernie, I, I heard about it from Ernie because it was at work. I wasn't on the internet or Facebook or anything. And Ernie, texted us and said we've lost eddie and i knew exactly what eddie he was talking about mm -hmm. so that 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 just shows you um just kind of who eddie van halen was you know it's really weird to say who he was and he he was 65 and you know that's 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 a fairly long life and you know they haven't been relevant in a long time really uh, as far as what they've done the last few years with these reunion tours and, and, and whatnot. Um, but it didn't make it any easier. I think, um, and I'm going to let you guys jump in. I'm just going to get a few thoughts out first and then we're just going to kind of go. Um, <clears throat> but I haven't felt like this since a few years ago when Prince and David Bowie died fairly close together. And both of those were, absolute gut punches and this one it it hit about about the same so um yeah before we really get into eddie's life and career and all that uh you know clint why don't you go ahead just say a few things as far as um you know hearing the news and and that, and that sort of thing then we'll move on to ernie for the same yeah um yeah shout out to ernie for breaking the news to me too because yeah, it's kind of funny. It's like in the back of my head when you just said we lost Eddie. I thought, oh God, are you, are you, that can't be that Eddie, not that Eddie. That's what I'm telling myself. Um, and so and it seemed like I was just like, refresh Twitter, refresh Twitter. What the hell's happening? No, I don't want to see Trump again. Refresh Twitter. And then I finally, the articles start streaming down. So I don't know what sources you're on, Ernie, but you, you're getting the, the most up-to-date news of anyone. Just yeah. saying. Yeah, I forget who I saw, and I believe it was on Instagram, actually, the first post. And I was like, nobody else has posted anything. So this is weird. 
Let me mm -hmm. go refresh Twitter. So I refresh Twitter, refresh Twitter. Oh God, I don't want to see Trump refresh Twitter. And then finally I start to see, you know, like the major news sources and uh, major quote unquote influencers in the vinyl area start to pour in and talk about it. And uh, <clears throat> I think it's been said a billion times, but it probably can't be said enough. I mean, I immediately felt that loss of part of the soundtrack of, you know, high school for me. Um, I didn't come to rock music until high school uh, for varying reasons. Well, for one big reason, but um, Van Halen was one of the first bands that was a favorite band for me. And so, like Rich said, his was Prince and David Bowie. Um, this one was a gut shot, a lot like Chris Cornell was for me. Um, and uh, so, you know, it was just like, God, not another one. An another, you know, genius has passed. And, and I think that, you know, when, when we, especially the, the four that we've mentioned, whether Van Halen was in or out of the public eye in his last years, he didn't like overstay his welcome even now. Like he was still a, just a phenomenal guitar player. He never, I never got tired of hearing. If they had released a new album, I would have listened to it as long as David Lee Roth wasn't singing it now because his <laughs> voice is shredded. But, um, you know, I always wanted another another tour with Hagar, to be honest with you, because I know Sammy can still sing. And, Old uh, skinny fat sing, buddy. Yeah, skinny fat Hagar. <laughs> um, doing good live. And that was always my favorite Van Halen. And I know that's going to, you know, probably incite anger amongst a lot of the listeners, but we yeah, might have to do like a little arm wrestling on that one. Yeah, yeah. I'll just, uh, well, yeah, I'll just go ahead and say, you know, that nobody even really needs to have that debate because if you think about it, um, the, the constant of that band were, were Eddie and Alex. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and even though they could both be, you know, kind of assholes and, had had their own personal sort of problems and could easily have a vendetta they they were always there and whether it's van halen or van hagar eddie was um pretty much always the primary songwriter uh no matter who was singing and that's one of the things that people forget about eddie van halen of course on all the albums um pretty much all four members were always credited with songwriting which is a cool move for for guys that were such could be tyrants in a way yeah. but it was their band and it was their name right so um but anyway yeah i mean what no matter who the lead singer was it was always eddie it was always his guitar um i was thinking um you know that the, they came along in the late 70s and just kind of literally burst onto the scene with the self-titled album that had you know running with the devil and of course the the great uh, instrumental eruption and you really got me the kinks cover ain't talking about love uh what jamie's crying's on mm -hmm. there uh it's just an incredible way to burst on the scene but i was thinking about and i you know a lot of people are you know if you if you read the in memoriams and things of that nature they're talking about how he changed the guitar and really hmm. you had you know a decade before you had the first guy come along and change what we think about the guitar when Jimi hendrix hit the scene 
Um, a lot of great guitar players at the time, but they were still pretty much playing the blues and they were very technical. Jimi Hendrix kind of set it on its ear. And then, you know, a, a short 10 years later, here comes Eddie Van Halen and he does it again. And arguably I'd say did it better. Um, I'll, I'll say better. Just the way he changed it was um, lasting, right? Because for the next 15 years, everybody that played guitar was trying to catch up to him. Um, and they, they never really caught him. Right. I mean, you can't, as, as far as what he was doing. Um, but yeah, it's, and, and I can remember, I, you know, I, obviously I was like seven years old or whatever, didn't have the records at that time. And, you know, I didn't have records, but my parents did. And my dad's a big rock and roll guy, guitar player. And, uh, we were always listening to the radio. And I, I even today, I, I was trying to remember, you know, QUT has been around. I think, I think it started and WQUT for those out there, it's currently it's our sort of legacy classic rock station, but it's pretty impressive. Love it or hate it. It's been around since 1972, mm -hmm. but in the eighties, there was another channel and it was the one that we normally listen to. And I could not remember. I was like, I think it was WZXY. I couldn't remember the dial position. So <clears throat> I texted my friend, John Patrick, who you, you guys know oh, who yeah. John Patrick is. He's QUT. Yeah, he's, he's on QUT. And I said, hey, I know you'll know this. I'm trying to think of the other rival rock and roll station to WQUT. Uh, wasn't it something like WZ? ZXY and he was like that's exactly it and I said I, I don't remember the dial position he's like he's like that was Y105 and I was like oh yeah Y105 and so that was the more it was the more rock and roll station believe it or not you know QUT was kind of the pop rock station back then it's uh it's changed a lot I mean it's 40 yeah. 40 almost 50 years anyway I remember hearing running with the devil as a kid on the radio. I, you know, I, I don't, I remember hearing you really got me. I don't think the other stuff really made the radio, but um, that's, that's where I got started. Um, and you think about what Eddie was playing there in like what 77, 78 or whatever that was. And it's still groundbreaking, right? Talk about it a little bit guys. You know, our first album is, um, I was thinking about, well, first of all, the side, side one of that album is pretty freaking incredible. It's yeah. running with the devil. It's eruption. It's you really got me. It's ain't talking about love, which I don't think gets enough. <clears throat> That's a really great song. That is, it is. Yeah. Unbelievable riffs in that song. And then uh, maybe it's Jamie's crying after that. I think. I think it's the first on the side. Yeah, two. I'm the one is I'm the one is track five. I brought it up real quick just so I could refresh my brain. There you go. <clears throat> there. So I mean, that's pretty strong. But I mean, the second side has Jamie's crying, Atomic Punk, and Ice Cream Man. And Ice Cream Man is just a fun as hell song. I mean, really, if you look at the, this, was a debut album by a rock band. And I mean, name an album other than Appetite for Destruction that has that many songs that could be singles, just straight off the album. And I mean, I'm sure there's some out there, but they're few and far between. And these guys were different from everybody else at that point. 
one of the things that always impressed me was, um, especially in the 80s, everybody who had long hair became hair, uh, hair metal. Uh, if you were hard rock and you had long hair, uh, you became hair metal and you started teasing your hair out. And there was some of that in Van Halen, but they never got sucked into that vortex. They always stood on their own. And I think that is a testament. They were, it was always Van Halen and hair metal or Van Halen and hard rock. It, it was always, they were always something separate, something different from whatever the trend was at that time. And I mean, when you can stand above the trends, uh, number one, when you can start the trends when you're in your early 20s with a song like Eruption, which was a practice piece that Eddie played to limber his fingers up, um, when you can start the trends and then stay above them for the rest of your career, even with Hagar, when they were more commercial, nobody was that good at commercial hard rock. Nobody. They were above everyone else. And I, I just think that that is a testament to, number one, the musicianship. I can tell you right now, the, the second I hear a note from Eddie Van Halen's guitar, I know it's his. The second I hear a drum beat from Alex Van Halen, I know it's his. And, you know, there's, there's a few people out there that I can do that with just because I'm a crazy music person. But for the most part, the casual listener can do the same thing when it comes to Eddie Van Halen. And I don't there's so few that the casual music listener do that with that that's that's one of the biggest compliments i can give him is everyone knew who eddie van halen was I think, you, I think you totally nailed it and i i i, I have the exact same opinion about putting them in a genre you could you could put them in a hard rock genre you could put them in almost metal almost sometimes personally they were just van halen to me you they could rock and then they they could be a little bit softer with with some of the you know sammy hagar stuff but it still rocks um and it, band now i'm not making direct comparisons but bands that I think about that stand above the genre but you you could put them in a genre but they really stand out I think of Led Zeppelin. I think of, I still think of the Beatles that way. Mm-hmm. You could call them pop, you could call them rock, but they stand out on their own. Yeah. Def, mean, Leppard. Going... Def Leppard's one of those from the eighties, along with Van Halen. You know, and I think that's right because, and you know why? Because of the Pyromania album. Hysteria sounds more, I don't know. Well, no. Yeah, Pyromania and Hysteria both make Def Leppard stand above the hair metal. So, yeah, I, yeah, I could see that. But yeah, definitely Van Halen. They just stand out on their own. Yeah, Pyrom- or, uh, Pyromania, Hysteria, both of those, uh, I think those are testaments to, number one, musicianship and songwriting, but also production. And so mm. uh, Van Halen was very raw with David Lee Roth, and that's what's so great about those early years was it was just – you know, just hard hitting, hard rock. Um, And then they got that production with Sammy Hagar where they started to step into a more commercial range. And when I say commercial, I don't think that's horrible. I love catchy pop hooks. I love commercial. I love great production value. And so, and I mean, uh, as well, Van Hagar was the first Van Halen I ever heard, you know, and that I associated with that. 
But one of the points I wanted to bring up is that despite the fact that they were, they were a hard rock band, um, if we're going to shove them into a, a box, but um, the influence Eddie Van Halen had over every other genre around him was amazing. I mean, he, there are people in death metal that will tell you that Eddie Van Halen is their favorite guitar player. Um, thrash, absolutely. Um, heart, you know, the, all the other metals, the 62,000 different genres, all of those were touched, even to the point to where, you know, rappers were sampling Van Halen because of a riff. And so when you think about just that riff-based hard rock and his ability to change the way that you approach playing a solo, um, the tapping, it wasn't just the tapping that he was doing. He was doing some, I mean, the harmonic stuff, the way he just, he approached playing guitar was uh, something that changed music as a whole, not just rock and roll music, um, not just you know his one little area of the world he changed everything and so that puts him out there you know in the stratosphere with like michael jackson and prince and uh, you know jimmy page and those those artists that jimmy stepped Hendrix in and made an immediate just change to everything around them yeah i agree with the i, I think all the thrash <clears throat> some of the the uh, offshoots of metal had to be directly influenced like those guys heard eruption and other some of the early van halen of him finger tapping and that lost whole new gen genres of music of metal and it you could it's just distill it back down to eddie um, i mean steve Vai's had a whole career off of finger tapping yeah <laughs> and not to take anything away from no steve, no no no, no. But, yeah I mean, you're right but again, there's no Steve Vai or Satch or any of those guys without Eddie. Yeah, that's right. They, you know, they they took it and ran with it, but they didn't create it. He did. You know, the other thing about Eddie, so this is, I wanted to bring this up at some point, but this is kind of the earliest memory I have of Eddie Van Halen. So one of the people that influenced me greatly, and I haven't really talked to him, talked about him yet, was my uncle Mark. Um, he, um, so he, he loved great guitar players. When I remember as a kid in my grandmother's house, I'd, I'd hang out in his room all the time. And he had a poster of Randy Rhodes and he had a poster of Eddie Van Halen. And he had like, he had like his art print that he did himself and he, and he had an old strat and he might've been a, um, um, uh, what's the, the epif what's the knockoff strat? Oh, the, um, Squire Squire. Yeah. I think it might've been that, but he, he painted it red with the black and the white stripes just like Eddie's guitar and that, and I saw that image when I'm like five. And so I knew what that was when I was, you know, my son's age, I knew who Eddie Van Halen was. And that's about the time jump was out, you know, music video was out. And so that's how far back it goes for me. So 
you know, jump is probably my first exposure to Van Halen um, at a very, very early age. And um, it, you never think about, there's few, there's few guitarists you think about, like you could picture the guitar that they're playing. I mean, everybody will see, and a lot, a lot of people like, like one of my friends put this as his profile picture, but it's just a snapshot of the red with the black and white stripes. It's so random, but it's so iconic. Yeah. You know what it is when you see it. Just like when I see like a, a Les Paul, that's that orange sunburst color. I think of Jimmy Page. That's who I think about. Or I if I see a double neck, I see Jimmy Page. See, d double neck is Jimmy Page for me. The uh, orange sunburst is uh, Slash. Okay, Slash. Yeah, yeah. there you go. But yeah. if, like Brian May made his own guitar, that shape and that guitar is iconic. Eddie made his first guitar out of, I mean, it was a Frankenstein guitar out of random pieces. And he still did that kind of stuff even in recent years. I mean, there yeah. were pictures in his shop of him. And just, he, he called it the Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. Him just, you know, Frankensteining guitar pieces together and just painting. I mean, but he had, he had that single coil pickup in a humbucker hole turned sideways yeah yeah uh, it Did you it, just it, make that up or is no it's completely true you, i have no yeah, idea yeah, what if you look about. Yeah, if you look up uh it's you know it's the hole's too big for the pickup and it's just kind of in there sort of haphazardly um but that creates a different sound because right right you know, but, that single coil is supposed to be you know straight yeah well yeah well yeah, they weren't even. They weren't even under. You know, yeah. each 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 pickup in the in there was not even completely under all six strings, and just you know, of course he, you know, he um, pioneered what they you know they call the brown sound. That's what Eddie's sound is. It's called the brown sound. That's why you know it when even if he's only playing chords or only playing a riff uh, and not, not even soloing. That's why a Van Halen song sounds like a Van Halen song. And, and, and nobody can copy that. Like, no, they've tried. I mean, are, I've, there, I've, I've, I've got a similes, but they're all broken. Yeah. I you, mean, I've got you have a, a brown filter, Rich. I've, I've, no, I've got a, um, I've got a modeling amp. That's got, you know, a patch in it. That's the, it's not called the Brown sound because maybe he has it, trademark but it's like brown something and it's supposed to be that sound and you know like i'll get it out and like i you know i'll fool around and play like the intro to black and blue or best of both worlds and it's almost that sound but no it's just it's not because i don't have that guitar and i don't have all the mods that he was doing to his amplifier and you know th those guys made their own stomp boxes and you know he's literally in his own little laboratory you know, with, uh, with his, with, you know, with the tools and, uh, the soldering gun and all that and, and putting all this stuff together. And yeah, I mean, that's really cool, man. He was it's a genius. Amazing. And I mean, what's the name of the, the lead guitarist for Boston? Tom um, Schultz. Tom yeah. Schultz. Yeah. Another, another box. genius. That's why you can't, you can't repeat Boston's lead guitar sound. He made no. his own stuff. Right. And you can't repeat Queen. <laughs> guitar sound because brian may made his own freaking guitar um you know it, it's 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 above genius there's some level there where you are artistically inclined to be amazing at your interest at your interest your your instrument whatever you're doing you're able to create 
art on that, but also you are so technically minded that you can program knobs and tubes and wires to make it sound what you hear in your head. Yeah. Something different about that. Yeah. Well, and you're, you're a wannabe musician like I am. And yeah. so it's, it, it's very easy for me to understand what you're saying when you say like genius isn't even the right word. I mean, those people are born wired pun intended, I guess, just they're, they're wired completely different than the rest of us in order to accomplish the things that they accomplish, because most of us are hands and brains. And if you're a singer, your vocals don't work that way. And it's, um, it's, it's, uh, it's an amazing gift to the rest of the world when those people find that, figure out that's who they are, and then do something with it. Because it's just like anything else. Man, there's plenty of people that probably have that and never do anything with it or piss it all away or you just whatever. Um, well, I mean, just look at the 28-year-old club. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's just, it's, uh, it, it is amazing what people like Eddie Van Halen can do. And that's, that's why they stand out on their own. They're not a genre. They are their own genre. It's called Van Halen. And it's because, and the reason they were able to separate themselves during that hair metal, glam metal, whatever, all those different things, the way that they separated themselves was the music, the musicianship. They were just that much freaking better than everybody else. I mean, you know, Sure, Poison sold a lot of al albums. There's a there, there's a half a million CC Devilles at any given time. Anybody can play what he was playing. Yeah, the the difference is is I could learn to play like CC Deville in right. the next month if I applied myself. I could do that. I will never in my life hit one note the way Eddie Van Halen hit it. Exactly. That's exactly. And that's that's one of the things that makes him so amazing. Clint, you're talking about the 1984 album when you're talking about jump and that's, you know, I grew up hearing the songs all through that run. I mean, you know, Van Halen and Van Halen two and yeah. Women children first and diver down. And, but then 1984 came along. I'm 12 wow. years old. I'm in seventh grade. I'm in middle school. Times are hard. We live in a trailer and the whole reason this podcast came to be was because in 2017, when the world started to take a nosedive into the toilet, I needed something, I needed to do something good in my life. And I still had a blog then and did my 30 days, 30, um, 30 songs deal and, uh, or, uh, 30 albums. And, uh, I think I started with 1984. I'm pretty sure that I did. I have to go back and look I'm, because it's near, near one of the first ones. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to go check that out. I'm pretty sure it was first and and for good reason. And the blog was called Audio Biography. That's, that's where this all comes from. And I start with that album. And a big reason was, you know, in 1984, you know, my life was not the greatest for a 12-year-old. And little did I know a year later, it was going to get even worse. But that album, um, which I didn't have because we couldn't afford it, but... Mm -hmm. My mom had a friend who used to come over and visit and she had a son who was, I think he was already in high school and he, he, he may have been three or four years older and uh, he, he brought his copy over. Of course, I dubbed it on like a 50 cent tape. Like what, remember those little <laughs> orange and white ones that you could get yeah. like six for a dollar at, yeah. at Walgreen or Woolworth. 
you know, you just, but they sounded like absolute <laughs> crap. Did you grow up in, oh, brother, where art thou? Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of. Don't you ever come back into the Woolworths. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he brought it over. And of course, I already knew a few of the songs because they were already hits on the radio. And when I'd go to my dad's house, we could watch MTV because he had MTV. And, um, you know, it was, it, you couldn't get away from any of that. And now all mm. of a sudden, the record is in my house. Mm. And uh, we just listened and listened and listened. He also brought over Seven the Ragged Tiger, uh, which is hmm. also early in that list as well, because all the music from that time was just so important to me. Thriller, Purple Rain. I mean, what a time to be alive from like 82 wow. to 86 or, or 87. Um, but yeah, so I, I dub it on this cheap little tape and... Uh, our little stereo system that somebody handed down to us didn't even have a tape player, but it, it, it did have a turntable. So I had to listen to that tape on a tape recorder, you know, that you, those old tape recorders. Yeah. Um, but you know, jump, first of all, you know, this is when Eddie starts playing around with synth and stuff like that. And he starts to kind of change a little bit in the way he writes tunes and, um that's you know this is just before they break up and then sammy joins and then the synthesizers are more you know they're out there a little bit more but you know that album you had jump and you had i'll wait that had you know eddie planer and it's just so cool that he's this awesome guitar player he took a lot of flack for doing that but you know what he's like i'm eddie van halen i'm gonna do what i want to do i'm gonna write these songs i'm gonna play what i want to play and guess what you know he, he 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 sells ten million records with that album. Yeah, I mean uh, he, he adds and, synthesizers and people are you know, and of course you know I'm working off of you know not memory but on you know things that I've read. You know he added the synthesizers and took flack for that, and then drops a song like Panama, which is like one of the the best rock songs of the '80s period. Um, and he's like, you know what? Here's some synths but also I can still do this. And because he just, and again, another level, he just knew I can get away with this because I'm Eddie freaking Van Halen. And th there's no, there's no replacing that. You can't replace that. That album is so strong from beginning to end in my, and for me. Um, so yeah. And not only is Panama, you got to have hot for teacher on there. I mean, that, that was I had to convince, listen, I, I listen, yeah. I, I'm going to mention Hoosh here on the <laughs> podcast. I don't know if you'll ever listen to this, but I swear it, we were probably drinking and we had this argument. I had to convince him. I'm like, look, no, no, that's Alex Van Halen playing drums at the beginning of Hot for Teacher. That's not the sound of a motorcycle. He was convinced that was like a Harley starting up. I'm like, dude, no, that's him playing the drums. And we don't give Alex Van Halen enough credit, but he's freaking amazing too. Amazing. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not busting on hoosh, but I, that was a conversation we had and I'll never forget it. Um, I, I was the song, you know, I'm listening to right now. Um, it wasn't the first song I heard. I listened to and, and we should get to that here in a moment. Um, when I heard that Eddie had passed, but a song I've went back to over and over in the past few days is, um, is drop dead legs. I don't, and 
and the and I love just how the intro is and just how he just rips into um the solo. He just kind of builds up into it and, and it's just a, an addictive riff for me to listen to. Something so. that, that always impressed me, and even if you look at okay, so he had he named his guitar Frankenstein. They had an album named 5150, which is the California uh, penal code for they're crazy. Um, and then he had an entire amp series named after that. And then you look at like their song lists off of albums. You have Drop Dead Legs, Hot for Teacher, uh, Bottoms Up on Two, um, Beautiful Girls. They weren't serious all the time. Like no. so many hard rock and metal bands are so freaking serious about themselves van halen and eddie never so serious seriously <laughs> yeah uh and everything like especially and it kind of came together there on 1984 and it continued even with sammy uh there was always a sense of humor yeah. and a lightheartedness to what they did they had serious songs they had some very poignant songs later on uh with sammy i don't think dave was the right dude to do poignant but there were some hard rock songs with Dave that were just devastatingly good. Um, and yet they would stop that and then they'd do a song like Hot for Teacher, which is just crazy sauce. And, it, and it's one of the better songs of that album. While we're talking yeah. about 1984, I, I do want to mention, um, you know, one of my favorite songs on there, which was a single, was a hit, did hit the charts. Uh, was I'll Wait. Mm -hmm. um, yes. And I just have to mention that it's the only song on there that is not written solely by the band. Uh, Michael McDonald also has a songwriting credit there. What? Oh, he does, <laughs> yes. Uh, that dude is, was everywhere. He, you could not get away from him, uh, especially when it came. Anytime somebody had trouble writing a song, finishing a song, uh, needs a background singer to finish the song, um, I, he just like pops up like, Hey, I'll help. Or Hey, I'll help. He's the photo bomb <laughs> for every song written. It's not a photo. He's the song bomb. He it's just, song bomb. he's like, boom. Hey, I'm yeah. in the background. So, I know, hey, I know. hey, we just keep forgetting how to write songs. Oh, Hey, Michael McDonald. Yeah, help Thank God you're here. Yeah. So I know this is about Eddie, but anytime you get a chance to throw in a random, Oh my God, Michael McDonald helped with that. You got to. Um, it's a cool song. It's the one of the best air drum songs ever. Um, so you know, with all those rolls, do 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 do. You know, um, on that was. Oh good. yeah. So yeah. you know. So while you're talking about um, air drums, that's a really good segue into. Has has there probably ever? I can't think of any guitar player out there that more people would have air guitar to oh, Eddie Van Halen because um, that's all I did listening to their yeah. music. Uh, and, and on top of that, if you think about it, he's one of those guitar players, much like Jimmy Page, I'll, I'll throw Slash in, um, Jimi Hendrix, where not only when you're listening to the song, do you sing along with the lyrics, you can totally... Uh, you're right there with the guitar solos. Like you can sing the guitar solos every single time. Yeah, Neil Sean's yeah. another one. I would throw Pete Townsend in there too. Okay, I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just nerd out a little bit on this one. But no, it's like you, you you think of these songs and you can immediately go to the guitar solo and it's playing in your head. 
you know, I can't, I can't say that about some of my, my other favorite bands, really. I mean, I did that dude before we recorded, I'm walking the dog and I'm at the end of jump. I think, yeah, that that's what it was. And, and I'm, I'm waiting for the garage door to come up and, and I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing some air guitar just while I'm waiting for, and I don't care who saw me. Just, oh, there's yeah. a 40 year old man walking his dog air guitar in the middle of the night who cares he's probably listening to van halen i think about oh. jump that, that 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 guitar solo is so ingrained in my head from listening to it so many times when i was 12 all the way up get until old and, and what's old. so great about it is when it ends you go into the you go into the little synth sort of riffy thing before it completely drops out and comes back you know oh yeah yeah just uh, i can't tell you how how important like 1984 that album as far as him adding the sense um when i would hear these songs on the radio and especially as it moved into you know 5150 and ru812 when the sense became a really big deal and eddie's credited with all of that and played it live and um because I was, you know, I took piano lessons for uh, eight years out of the old red church hymnal. And I just wish to God, no pun intended, that I could actually play, you know, uh, dreams. Yeah. When it's uh, love. Is that in the church hymnal? It should be. Was it after Just As I Am? It's not in the red. It's not in the red. It was page 82. Uh, <laughs> just As I Am was page 81. Um, <laughs> Amazing Grace was page 57. 57, yes. 410 <laughs> was at the cross. Uh, um, so, you know. <laughs> you know just, just time out for a second. We're on a Van Halen podcast. And we are <laughs> quoting what page numbers these hymns are on. Is that, well, the, red, is that the red hymnal? Yeah, the yes. red one. It goes from page hey, two. But some churches four. had a green cover. It was the same. I've seen it with. Well, there's green some that too. there's some that have the red one, which is the old school one, which is the primitive Baptist, yes. the independence. But yes, and some of the Southern Baptist churches would 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 they they had their own brown one, uh, the brown sound, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> that was a music. That but was then, it. but but then we're they gonna also... do nothing but the blood, but with some brown sound. H three sixty eight. First song I ever learned on piano. Nothing but. The... <laughs> oh, I hope Eddie's up there laughing with us right now. <laughs> Let me pull this one back in here real quick. So, like, God, the, probably... the dead journey. <laughs> Probably the, the first album I heard from Van Halen all the way through because I, I had, you know, the strict upbringing and uh, I would sneak radio here and there. Um, but the first album I ever heard all the way through by Van Halen was For Unlawful Carnal Knowledge. And for me, it was funny because it spelled out fuck. Um, and that was such a potty mouth. That was right? wrong. And so, you know, you put a dollar in the swear jar or whatever. But that album got me into this like let me dig my way through this band and so that also led me though because I never really touched a lot of David Lee Roth like I will say my favorite album by Van Halen ever is the first one it's by far their best one in my opinion it's raw Eddie it's perfect perfection um, but the one I like to listen to the most 
is probably 5150 or, you know, for unlawful carnal knowledge, because again, I'm a sucker for pop radio. Um, But for unlawful carnal knowledge, like skewed my view, I guess, because I really like that commercial sound and David Lee Roth never had that commercial sound until 1984. And I feel like they were headed this direction anyway. I really feel like they were going this direction. They would have never been what, you know, 5150, OU812 and all those were because David Lee Roth didn't have that same voice. Um, But he had a different voice that was, if you've ever listened to, you know, the YouTube videos where they just pull his voice out of stuff, dude could sing the phone book. He was amazing. But it also skewed my view in that I never listened to the album Fair Warning all the way through until yesterday. So it's an amazing, life. yeah. And it's that's an amazing the album. thing to progressive rock they ever got. So think it about think about mind. this. We we've talked a lot about 1984. We've kind of skipped forward, but it makes sense just because of, you know, our mm-hmm. stories and all that. That was their sixth album. Yeah. They had five albums before that one ever came along and of course it ended up being their swan song with uh, david lee roth but yeah uh so they start with the self-titled in 78 mm-hmm. so that's an album a year which is unheard of now um that's like some beatles stuff right there i mean that's yeah uh, that's what the they beatles did a year until after diver down yeah uh, before it, 1984 yeah uh, and it, and they just did that because of the name of the album. And what's crazy is 1984 still sounds like a new band, like like a fresh band. It does. There's, there, there aren't very many bands that get six albums in still sounding fresh. Then, then they add Sammy and they've got like three more that are obviously fresh because now you've got a new lead singer. You've got, <laughs> you've, transitioned into a different kind of sound um i, I mean I, I i know we're all in the moment right now and, and and we're all bummed out that we've lost eddie and whatnot but i mean that's some Beatles shit i mean to go nine albums like that in that amount of time it's a little longer amount of time than the beatles but still to go yeah. nine albums and you get to number nine and you're still uh, not just relevant, but better than ever, as good as ever. I, yeah. would, say, I would even go 10 because I, I feel like Balance was still a great album. Balance well, had some good myself. moments on it. I mean, there was some. I, I don't think it's a great album, but on there. it's a yeah, solid. There were, some, there were some bummers, but uh, overall, there were some really, really great songs there. Uh, yeah, it was, it, yeah, but it's it, it's it's where it got a little stale, and that's why yeah. I, you can't really add it in. Um, stale's not the right word. It's it's like, um, it well, it's is. like if 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 the Beatles had tried to keep going, we saw what they did. They had some good solo efforts, but they didn't measure up. To Balance was the last before. album that I was plugged into, and then I then I did my Clint thing where I unplugged. Like, well, oh, then man. they went to three, which was terrible, and then. I guess you I count. That. I guess you count. I know you do. And, and we it wasn't don't, terrible. It was also bad. not good. Uh, it's, it's pretty <laughs> bad. There were some good songs on there. And then, you know, a few years ago, they, they released after, you know, 
David Lee Roth came back, that uh, different kind of truth. Uh, I haven't even listened to that. I can't. I I've either. listened to it. It's 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 not great. It's very good. It's nostalgic. A lot of those songs were were, were kind of pieced together from ideas. I think if if I remember reading correctly, pieced together from stuff they were working on when David Lee Roth was still in the band. Of course, he didn't have his chops anymore. But I'll say this: Eddie still had his, and this was just like I don't know. I know, I know what year this was. <laughs> I don't even have to look. It was 2012 because it was the year I got divorced. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I remember, because I can remember going to pick up the kids one day um, and they played, uh, what was that song that they were playing on the radio? Uh, Tattoo. Tattoo, that was it, yeah. And, I, and they were like, and from Van Halen's new album. And I was like, Van Halen has a new album? <laughs> yeah. That's and an appropriate Van Halen for that year. Uh, uh, and yeah. they also, that album didn't include Michael Anthony. Right. And mm. that, that's a huge shot because in my humble opinion, Michael Anthony's the greatest backing vocalist ever. Him and Richie Sambora, they're tied one and one, one A and one B for me. Like it, just as pure backing vocalists, they never really led. They were just there to throw in the ah that yeah. stuff. Yeah, but anyway, um, he definitely had value in the band. But anyway, the last couple albums uh, aside, what I mean, just an unbelievable run. And really, Eddie was always the driving force for all of that. I mean, we don't have any of that without him. We 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 don't have Van Halen or Van Hagar without. You know, uh, people people sleep on his writing. I mean, that dude had hooks for days. Most of those hooks came from him because it came from his riffs, and his riffs created the vocal hooks too. Yeah, yeah. Um, like you said, though. I mean, name another band that has nine great albums. Yeah, it's hard. I even mean, if they have, even if they're like Aerosmith and they have like three hundred albums, or no, Aerosmith. Yeah, but they're trash. Yeah, I mean, the only band I could think of that changed their sound, kept changing their sound, but step kept producing good albums was Rush. I was thinking that's something Rush did. Yeah. Um, but you know what's funny is that. Between 1984, think about the guitar sound between 1984 and 5150, how much different the guitar sounded. So not only, all right, so we're bringing, I mean, it's a sharp contrast going from David Lee Roth to Sammy Hagar. They are both great vocalists. I'm going to give old Skinny Fat some credit. I've I've enjoyed listening to his vocals the past couple of days. (laughs) When I say old Skinny Fat folks, it's, it's Sammy Hagar. It goes back to a joke that Ernie said that Sammy Hagar is the epitome of skinny fat. You see his face. He looks like he might weigh 350 pounds, but then you're like, oh, wow. How did Sammy Hagar fit in those skinny jeans? And he weighs like 180. Yeah, he's just deceiving. He does have a a little belly, though, that's so funny looking. Yeah, if you if you've seen him like on any of his uh, like uh, his birthday, you know he throws a birthday bash, and him and his friends, the circle, they 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 play a gig, and yeah, he's got this belly now. Well, those um, cabaritas have a ton of sugar in them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but don't you agree though? But think about how different those guitar sounds. 
uh, between fifty uh, between nineteen four and fifty one fifty and beyond, um, Eddie changed the way the, the guitar sounded for the for the for the albums, and it, it just it matched the vocalist, yeah. and he just took it and yeah. ran with it. Yeah, and it was also like his like deep dive into synthesizers. Yeah, like you can tell that the the guitar sound itself is from a gearhead MIDI, just I'm going to kind of electronify to create a word, the sound of my guitar. It was still incredibly raw on 5150, but it was it was polished over top with, with the production. And learning something like, you know, piano and learning to use synthesizers the way he did has that effect on guitar players. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I so maybe like, maybe we're underrating him with his piano work. Yeah, it is, I, I think it's pretty impressive. Yeah, just real quick to go back to your about the the guitar, like on fifty one fifty. Um, I, I think uh, I think my at the moment my favorite Van Halen song is "Best of Both Worlds," mostly because it's kind of my religion these days, just hmm. what it's about. Um, but think about the guitar on it. It starts out very dirty, crunchy, and then, crunchy. and then he hits the switch and he goes and he's playing the same riff clean. Yeah. For a minute, for, you know, for, for a few bars. And then he comes right back with, and, and he goes back and forth in that song. And it's the perfect compliment to Sammy Hagar's, like you said, his voice. I mean, it's just a, it's a great song. It's my, I can't play the solo because no one can play Eddie solos like Eddie. I mean, I know there's guys out there that can completely copy it. I'm not that guitar player, but that's one of the ones I like to turn on, get my guitar out, turn it up loud, put my little patches in that kind of sound like it and play along just, but again, yeah, it's not only does he change the sound going to that album, he takes a song and plays basically two different songs on the guitar within the same song. You know, he did that. He wrote that. I mean, that's just his mind. And, and you've got that song on the same album as Dreams that is almost completely sent. Starts that, you know, it starts with that, the long intro. Yeah. Um, another just, it's a beautiful song. Um, I don't think I appreciated it back then as much as I do now. No. Um, and then, of course, with OU812, um, my probably my favorite song on that album is black and blue which is sort of a throwback back to the best of both mm. worlds sound it's it's that raw rock and roll sound again but again a pretty yeah puts a twist on it um i love finish what you started i love that's, that song. it's it's a it's a really great song it's one of those that doesn't take itself too seriously it's also one i think about the video and i think about like that video and jump and some others and like some live footage and one of my favorite favorite things about eddie and i'm glad you said finish what you started because it made this happen in my head that little wry smile that grin that he would do for the camera and he does it in that video. Of course, he yeah. does it in Jump, you know, like David Lee Ross running around acting like a crazy man. And, you know, Eddie's doing the grin because David Lee Ross running around acting like a crazy man. But he had the best, like, most joyful grin. And, and yeah. he showed it off all the time. Chris Jericho, I believe, described it as uh, 
I'm bringing a bottle of whiskey and I don't need a damn glass because I can drink out of the bottle kind of grin. <laughs> and I was like, that's the grin. It's that playful, <laughs> I'm already in on the joke, come and join me kind of grin. You know, it was always welcoming to see Eddie play with a smile on his face because there's so many guitar players that are like so freaking serious about what they're doing. Like, I have no idea if Eric Clapton enjoys playing guitar or not. You know, it's that kind yeah. of thing. I always knew Eddie Van Halen was having fun. Always. Yeah. yeah. That's a really good point. So, all right, we've danced around this. We, we should just, favorite album. Ernie, I think you said Van Halen won. Is that your final answer? Yeah, that's my final answer. Rich. Yeah, mine's uh, 1984, easily. Just because of the memories and, you know, it fits with what our podcast is. It's just, it's it's a great album, but even, even if it wasn't as great as it is, it, it would just be that one because of when I heard it, what was going on at the time, what it did for me. Yeah. I have to go with 1984 too. Um, I have a, just a memory and this is Hoosh again. I remember us driving to Charleston one time and we were getting really tired and uh, I don't know if we were driving late at nine or whatever, but we popped in 1984 listen to it all the way through maybe more than once and it's like just adrenaline it's the same kind think of the same kind of feeling that trump's feeling right now with all those drugs running through his body and the steroids that's what i was feeling but it was it was pure it was it was rock and roll it was music not drug induced wait what, what am i talking you feel about evil yeah. in your soul as well <laughs> <laughs> No, man. It was it was pure. It was rock and roll. I think Rich is he's muted. He's he might have peed himself. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm laughing pretty hard on, on all of that. I had to mute because I didn't want to like laugh over you. But yeah, oh, it, it's beautiful. It was pure like that little baby angel and the cigarettes on the 1984 <laughs> yeah. album cover. Yeah, it was, was that was it like unfiltered cigarettes that baby was smoking? Just just forget the filter. Um, yeah, yeah it was from camels. Some lucky <laughs> strikes. Like, from like Turkish camels, not even like American <laughs> camels. They were getting getting them from overseas. That baby ripped off the filter. Um, all so right. I, I haven't got to talk to my... Oh, yeah, you, you, you gave your favorite. I haven't got to talk to my dad um, since all this happened, but I, I'm pretty sure I've told this story to you guys, maybe. When they played Johnson City and my dad went and he kind of had friends in the biz because he was a musician and blah, blah, blah. He actually ended up having a drink up in the hotel room with Eddie. And Eddie was the only one there. David Lee Roth was out somewhere snorting Coke, I'm sure, or something. Um, but um, yeah, I haven't got to talk to my dad. I got to talk to my dad, but I with know spandex pants on, you know, I know, I know right now dad's, you know, dad's got that like really awesome memory of, you know, probably drinking some Jack Daniels or whatever whiskey was in the room. But uh, yeah, I guess um, the rest of the guys were out partying and Eddie just wanted to hang out with people in the hotel room. You know, it was probably the freaking holiday Inn right there in Johnson city. It was probably the nicest hotel in Johnson city in 1982. And it's been there forever. Wow. Uh, but that's pretty cool. Um, I'll have to get his thoughts. And That's really, I mean, Eddie Van Halen is music royalty. Okay. Absolutely. 
So that's pretty amazing. Your dad was in the right place at the right time. To... Yeah. And you, you know, you also, you think about a band like Van Halen. I mean, you don't want to let this thought go by um, really bridged um, generations because, you know, my, my, my dad's and his, my dad and his friends were listening to Van Halen. And so were, were me so and my over. friends. Yeah. And, and even to this day, but like right there in 1984, you know, you had, um, assuming they weren't, you know, certain parents, if, you know, as long as they liked popular music, it was one of those bands that you were both listening to. I guess kind of like the Eagles, you know, the Eagles were a band like that where parents and mm -hmm. kids both listened. Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac. I mean, yeah, that, and, and, you know, you think about the late seventies, early eighties, you've got, you've got the boomers. They're still late twenties, early thirties, and they're starting to have kids that are becoming teenagers. Um, and the music was, you know, it was just the right music at the right time for parents and kids to listen to the same stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's true. I mean, I know I had, I may have had completely different kind of parents than most people, but I, I think that that's true. I mean, you don't sell 10 million records if only, if only teenagers are listening or only middle school kids are listening. You just, you don't. You not in 82, yeah. maybe in 92, but not in 82. Yeah, yeah, no, no way. So that's, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, anyway, um, you know, I don't want to beat this up for too long, but you just want to go to some final thoughts, maybe? Ernie, I'll let you go first. Well, I mean, I, I think we are, we're definitely going to feel this one for a while. I mean, 2020 has been, a, I mean, just a, a shit year um, as far as loss when it comes to it. Um, and I hope this is the last one, but, you know, you know, life being what it is. Um, Eddie, Eddie affected everyone I knew. All my friends loved Van Halen. My brother, who's a huge guitar person, loves Eddie. Um, me um, changed. He was there in the formative years of me falling in love with uh, rock and roll music. Um, he affected every everything around him, and he loved doing every bit of it. Um, and I, I'm, I mean, we're we're worse off for it. And that that's the world is a worse place today uh, than it was two days ago. Good stuff. I feel that, Clint. Um. Yeah. It. Van Halen, as I mentioned earlier, had a very early impact on me. Um, and it's music that I can always go back to. His guitar playing is never boring. It's never jaded. It's never plain. There's always something interesting um, and fresh about it. And that's saying something. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do go back. I tend to go back and listen to a lot of stuff that I've already listened to because it's familiar. It, it takes me back to a certain place, whatever. It, maybe it's a comfortable spot in my life. And, and I feel like Van Halen's music is, 
I get into a certain mood and that's just what I want to hear, man. I just want to hear some band. I just want to be as my face. I want it to be melted. And Eddie always brought it. And I love his songwriting. I love his guitar playing. And yeah, just the stuff like the rise smile. I mean, that's an image that's always going to be in my head. I'm always going to have the, the, the red guitar with the black and white stripes on it. I, I mean, that's iconic to me. And I'm just so thankful that, I pre I get it. I, I get his music. I appreciate it. And it's, it's made my life better. So thank you, Eddie. That, yeah. I, I think, um, I think my final thoughts, I'll speak directly to Eddie. I didn't plan this, but it just all of a sudden hit me to do it. But yeah, th thank you, Eddie. Thank you for um, being there. Um, being there at times when um you know, they weren't so great, but you made them better. And, uh, you know, and, and, and thank you for being there through middle school and high school and being pals with me and my friends. You were like a friend to us. You were, we, we said it earlier, um, you had nine straight, just unbelievable albums and touched us in every way. Thank you for inspiring me. The, I didn't start playing guitar until I was out of college, but it was Eddie Van Halen who made me want to play guitar. And so thanks for that, Eddie. Um, man, just, you know, thanks for, for grinning in the camera, like something was going on uh, that only you knew about. And we all wished that we knew what it was, man, that just made us feel good. And, um, yeah, all I can say is thanks. Um, you know, for the memories. So I guess that's it, man. Uh, guys, this was amazing. Um, it's cathartic. It's, it's uh, what I needed um, after, you know, learning about this and kind of chewing on it for the last day. So yeah, thanks for, let's, you know, for, for jumping in and, you know, we've had other plans, but, you know, this this was what we needed to do this and, was the right thing right the podcast to do yeah man so anyway so that's that's it y'all go listen to some van halen um if you've never listened you definitely need to go and, and check it out but i can't imagine anybody that's not heard something from if you've never listened before and what rock have you been living under that's right <laughs> i didn't even touch on this song go listen to pound cake Go yes. listen to that song. That's the first song I listened to when I heard that Eddie had passed away. I don't if, know why. If I didn't Eddie, if I didn't have to worry about us getting banned, I would just end it with that song. <laughs> yeah, right. But no, we don't want to do that. But it's, it's, a, it's a different time in podcasting now. So I guess I won't do that. But yeah, go check that song out like right now. And yeah. check out check out our podcast. There's lots of other stuff to uh, to check out and listen to. We're going to be back soon. I've got stuff in the can. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Uh, Clint's mad at me because I've not got it out yet. Is that Prince Albert, or you got podcasts in there? <laughs> oh, sorry. I it's really bad humor. This uh, is bonus material, folks. You yes, that's it. This. That's it. But yeah, there's I some good stuff coming. Different direction within the can. So. <laughs> I'm still right. 12 years old. <clears throat> That's it. I've had enough, y'all. <laughs> this is Audio Biography, the podcast. Peace and love. <laughs>